Good morning, everybody, on this unusual Sunday morning service. We're so glad that you decided to tune in and join us. Uh, this is all a little bit outside the box, but um, fortunately, uh, in our technological age, uh, we can still get it done. You just you can't keep a good Christian down. Uh, I just want to thank Matt and Jennifer Knapp and Carter. Uh, they're kind of the uh, brains behind the media operation, and they're getting this out to you on your computers and cell phones and, and TVs and all of that, that you can uh, enjoy the Word of God uh, this morning. Uh, because, you know, the Sabbath day isn't just about going to church. It's about remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. It's about focusing on God, and uh, we obviously, we can obviously do that anywhere. And uh, so I have no, in fact, I've, I, in honor of the day, I am doing this message in my house shoes, my camouflage house shoes, because I'm, I would almost bet money that the majority of you out there are on your couch, in your pajamas, in your house shoes, uh, watching this video. So I wanted to feel the part. I almost wore my pajamas, but I thought that might be an overkill. Uh, so a, a old wrinkled t-shirt and a pair of jeans will have to do. But um, anyway, uh, this is just, you know, times like this is just proof that uh, the church is, is way more than a building. Um, the, the church people are the actual church. You know, this is kind of like, I feel like a, uh, it's like a, a pie crust with no filling, right? I mean, it's the, the filling is the best part. That's the most important part. And so just know that this morning, uh, as, as uh, we're here to do this with the word, we really, really miss you. Miss seeing your faces, miss getting to hear your laughs and your, your conversations, uh, you know, as church is getting started. Uh, I believe that things like that just touch the heart of God when he sees his people communicating like that. So, but that being said, we'll, we'll be back to normal before long. Uh, we don't know exactly how long all this is going to go on, but uh, it, it'll get over with and we'll be back to normal and we'll appreciate each other probably even more at that point. So I'm going to jump into uh, the message this morning uh, that God had laid on my heart. And I'm going to kind of use this as a bit of a uh, visual aid this morning. This is a, a painter's canvas, uh, a blank canvas. And uh, one thing throughout these last you know, couple weeks, uh, I know I, me and my family, as probably you have too, have probably watched more television than we have in a long time. We just trapped inside. There's not a lot you can do. Although that's probably not the best way to spend all of our time. Uh, but, uh, you, know, you know, we need to get out there and get some of those um, uh, projects to accomplish. But anyway, I was coming across, I come across the TV show that I used to love to watch when I was a kid. And I didn't even know that they still run reruns uh, on this, but it's called The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. Bob Ross is the painter. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a little 30-minute ser- show, but he'll have a canvas like this, just blank white up on an easel. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, you need to YouTube him and watch some of his videos. Uh, get a great big old, you know, uh, afro of hair. And, but anyway, he'd take, you know, just a blank page, and then he's holding this big, uh, what do you call it, a palette with all kinds of different paint colors on there. And he's got colors like phthalo blue and burnt sienna and titanium white and Prussian blue, all these specific named colors. Um, and he begins, you know, he's got his brushes and his knife, and he will just start taking these colors and applying them to that canvas. Um, you know, to us, we look and we see that canvas, and all we see is a blank canvas. It's void. It's meaningless really has no point, but Bob Ross is an artist, and he has a vision for that blank canvas, and so as he begins to take the colors and put them where he sees fit, and, and you know, he paints the sky, and he'll get a mountain scene sometimes, and then a lake, or a river, and uh, a lot of happy little trees, you know, they, those of you that watch this, you know what I'm talking about, happy little trees, and happy little clouds, um, 
And he'll say, you know, this is your world. You make it uh, the, the way you want it to be. And so when it's all said and done and, and this 30-minute series is over, uh, there, there's just, just a masterpiece, a beautiful picture uh, that just 30 minutes before, you know, looked like that. And so as I'm watching this, um, in fact, I started DVR in it so I can watch it more often, but uh, it's peaceful, something peaceful about that. Uh, but as I'm watching this, it just, I couldn't help but think that that's exactly the nature of God. God is a creator. Uh, Genesis, in the first chapter, first four verses of the Bible, uh, says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. It was a blank canvas. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And look here, God said, let there be light. And guess what happened? There was light. And God saw that light, and it was good. God saw blank canvas. He saw this earth, and he had a vision for it because he's a creator. He's an artist. God said, I'm not, I don't want to leave it without form and void. I, want to, I don't want to leave it blank and ugly. I'm going to make something out of it. And so he said, it's, it's too dark. Let's make some light. And, and he threw light into the universe. And so on and so forth with the, the, the dry land would then you know, appear later and the sun and the moon, uh, the animals and, and uh, all of these types of things. It, it, piece by piece, he began to paint a picture into the universe that we see now. I mean, you stop and think, my family and I went to uh, the Grand Canyon last year. And you stand on the edge of this thing and you just see the, the beauty. It's magnificent. I mean, all of the colors and the layers, just absolutely gorgeous. And to think that at one time, it looked just like this. It was a blank canvas, but God had a vision for what he wanted this universe to look like, and, and he began to create it. And everything that he created, he said, it's good. Okay, that, that looks good. And uh, especially when he came to the part where he invented us and he created mankind. When he created mankind, he said, this is very good. Because the entire painting, the entire creation of the universe, he did for us. I mean, we were, the, we, we were what he had in mind, and he created it that we might be there. So we look at that not only as it regards the human race, but even in our own personal lives. I mean, before knowing Christ, uh, life, when we look at life, seems just like this. It's very grim, and at times it looks very meaningless. What's the point? And every single human being starts, out, starts off just like this, as a blank canvas. But God always has a vision. Every artist has a vision for that blank canvas and what he wants it to look like. Bob Ross will do 400, I think I, I, I watched and he had like 400 episodes. I don't remember how many paintings he's done and every one of them are different because every one of them he had a separate vision, vision for that blank canvas and that's the way we are. Every one of us are different. God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a vision for what he wants your life uh, to look like. And so um, we, but what he looks for is for, us to be humble uh, enough to allow him to paint it the way he sees it, uh, to make us who and what he wants us to be. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, here, if you've been following along with us in the, uh, the Read Scripture app over the past couple of months, you, here uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you might remember reading through the book of Ruth. And as I was reading, I was recalling uh, some of the things that we read through Ruth, and I'm going to read all of this, but let me just tell you the story a little bit, and I'll read a couple verses. Basically, um, what happens in the book of Ruth, beautiful story, by the way, four, four or five chapters long, you ought to read it if you've never read it. But basically what, what it boils down to is a man by the name of Elimelech and his wife Naomi. Uh, and they got two sons, 
and they're, they're Jewish people, but there's a famine in, in, uh, in Israel where they live. And so they move from Israel to Moab uh, in order to find food and be able to survive. While they're there, their two sons meet Moabite women, get married. And so for the most part, life is good. I mean, you know, they're a little out of their you know, normal element, but life is pretty good. Naomi's got her husband and her sons and some daughter-in-laws. But the story quickly changes in that her husband passes away and both of her sons pass away. And so her life literally, in a, in a sense, goes back to this. It's like, okay, this is not what my life looked like before. This is not what I wanted my life to look like. And it's like her whole life was starting over. And, and she was very discouraged about it, as anybody would be. And so what I want to read this verse, and I want you to hear her heart. I think anybody who's, I mean, if you've ever been in a situation like this where your whole world just kind of falls apart, you can understand this. Uh, but even if you haven't, you can understand, I think, how a person would feel this way. So in Ruth chapter 1, this is down around verse uh, 13. Um, first of all, let me say, uh, before I read this verse, Naomi finds out that uh, there's food back in Israel again. The famine is over. So Naomi decides, well, I'm gonna, there's no reason for me to stay in Moab. I'm going to go ahead and go on home to my people. So she tells her two daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth, uh, I'm going to go back to Israel. So you guys go ahead and stay here in Moab. Go back to your people. Um, and, uh, and one of them, Orpha did, but one of them, Ruth, refused to. She said, I, I'm not going to do it. Naomi, I, I, I'm dedicated to taking care of you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. And so Naomi is trying to talk her daughter-in-laws into going back home. And so look at what Naomi says. She said, no, my daughters, for it is exceeding, exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me, that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So all of this is happening. And in essence, She's blaming God. This is, God has done this to me. I don't know why. So why would you want to follow me? For some reason I'm cursed, so go back to your people. Uh, of course, they continue to plea with her to go. And then uh, Ruth does go with her, and they get back to Israel. And so when they get back to Israel, of course, you know, there's, she's seeing people that she hasn't seen for a long time. And so people are coming along. It's like, hey, hey, Naomi, good to see you. I've not seen you for a long time. And Naomi says this, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord brought me back empty. And why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? The Almighty, God, has brought this calamity upon me. Don't even call me Naomi, call me Mara. The word Mara actually means bitterness. If you go back into Exodus, if you remember when the children of Israel come to the waters where they were, they were uh, bitter, they were poisoned, they couldn't drink them, and so they, they, they named the, the water Mara because it was bitter. That's what Mara means, bitter. That's literally what Naomi's saying. Hey, don't call me Naomi. I'm not blessed anymore. I left blessed, but I'm, I'm empty now. God's hand's against me, and I'm pretty bitter about it all. Um, so, Again, her life, a blank page, without form, void, meaningless, I'm starting over, what in the world is going on, and what am I going to do, rely on God? It's, that's where she's at. So as we go on with the story, then, uh, Ruth goes out, the daughter-in-law that decides she's going to go and take care of Naomi, she goes out into the, to the fields. In that day and time, uh, poor people, by law, if, if, uh, if a landowner had a lot of crops and he's out, you know, he's... Uh, harvesting his corn or his wheat or whatever by law he had to leave a little bit of it around the outside edges for poor people that would come and glean they would pick up what was left over so Ruth the daughter-in-law goes out to glean 
uh, in, the, in the fields to take care of her daughter-in-law. Well, it just so happens that she begins to clean, glean in the field of a man by the name of Boaz, a, a rich dude, okay? And as she's uh, gleaning in, in this field, Boab notices her. And he asks somebody, he's like, so, so who's this lady over here gleaning in my field? And, and uh, they say, well, that's, that's Naomi's daughter-in-law that has come back and has been taking care of her. So, here's, so Boaz goes to, to Ruth and he says, hey, I tell you what, I want you to just glean in my fields. Don't worry about going to some other, somebody else's fields. Uh, I've heard that you've been very kind to Naomi, and so I want to reward you by letting you glean in my fields. And, and I think the fact that she was probably smoking hot had a little something to do with that as well. Uh, he was attracted to her. And like, so anyway, long story short, he even, he even tells all of his harvest workers, uh, leave a little extra for her. As it all turns out, Boaz was the closest relative. In that day and time, it's hard for us to understand now, but in that day and time, if a man passed away, the closest relative could redeem that family's possessions, their land, and even their wives. In many cases, they would take their wives and raise children with that wife for the deceased man. I won't get into all that, but the bottom line is God orchestrates this whole picture and brings it to the point where Boaz and Ruth get married. And, and you'll have to read the whole book to get to the whole picture because it's, it, again, it's a good story. But God brings us all together. Ruth and Boaz are married and they have a son, okay? And if you go into the fourth chapter down around verse 14, as they bring this little boy to Naomi, and this is what it says about it. The women, the women around said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life. God is a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi, not just born to Ruth, born to Naomi, they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, that may not seem like that's that big a deal, but it is in the sense that if you find that David, down through David's generations, Jesus Christ would eventually be born through David's lineage. So the whole point of all of this is that when, when Naomi's life fell apart, and she could all, all she could see was without form and void and meaningless, God is against me, God was repainting. Okay, no, nobody can take a bad situation and turn it into something good like God can. He specializes in that. And so he takes this whole thing. And again, you know, when these situations happen, it's not necessarily that we get all the understanding, but when we see some purpose out of it, it, it helps us. So yeah, Naomi still hurts because she's lost her son and, and her husband's, but at least now she sees that God had an overall bigger plan. That plan in which one day Christ, a redeemer, would come to the world and, and save people from their sins, that he could cleanse us and he could paint his picture in the life of every human being. There was a bigger picture. We don't always see it. That's why we have to trust the painter. That's why we have to trust the creator, that ultimately we call it our life. You know, this is my life, but it really isn't. God, God is the giver of life, and he ultimately the painter and the creator. He specializes in taking the bad and turning it, turning it into something good. He did that with Joseph. When we, we read that whole story, Joseph said hey, to his brothers, hey, what you intended towards me, 
you intended harm, but God turned it into something that was good. And God does that in our individual lives all the time. I believe that God's doing that with this whole uh, coronavirus situation. You know, I mean, we look at this, the, the situation that we're in right now. Uh, can Satan use this situation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he does in the sense that he, he, he spreads fear and, and discontent and, and some, turns people against each other in a lot of ways. So, yeah, Satan uses these situations and he makes it ugly. But I believe with all of my heart that even through this ugly situation, I mean, we're kind of in a blank canvas to a certain extent. What this situation I believe that God's got a plan for it. I believe that God will take it. It's bad, but he'll take it and he'll turn it into something good. He can use this situation. He absolutely can. I mean, in the middle of the challenges that we're going through, uh, we kind of have to look for those blessings. Let me give you an example. Uh, This time of year, you know, spring and things are always blooming out. And I'm one of these, I love spring and most people do. And so when I'm driving down the road, the second the blooms start coming out, you know, the cherry trees, the pear trees and all that kind of stuff, uh, the, the red buds, as soon as they start to, to, to bud out, I notice that because that, it's just like, oh, that's the first sign of spring or whatever. And so I, I ran by, uh, I was at the nursing home the other day, I took Tina uh, some lunch because that's just the kind of husband that I am. And I took her some lunch and uh, as I'm sitting there at the nursing home, she's coming out to get it. Uh, you know, there's situations going on with the nursing home. They're, they're under you know, lockdown trying to protect everything. You get on the news and, and you hear all the bad stuff and you know, we're trying to figure out how to uh, you know, do the live stream and the online giving, keeping the bills paid. I mean, all of these things, we just get so focused on stuff around us. And I looked up and this, this pear tree was in full bloom. I had not noticed it. I've driven by that tree for a week and I had not noticed it yet. And it was so beautiful. And it was just like, to me, it was kind of a, a bell ringer that I've been a little more focused on the bad. And, I, and it was a reminder that, hey, God is still doing a lot of good stuff around us. I mean, God is still making some beautiful situations out of all this. We, we have to just be looking for it. Uh, believe me when I say Satan's going to be there um, to make sure that we see the negative. We have to look past all of that and see the blooms and see the positive. Um, some of the blessings, and I, and I, I could go on and on, I won't, but I, I know for me personally, some of the good that I have seen come out of uh, this bad situation, the things that I see God painting, you know, at least in my life, um, is just the time that I'm able to spend with him. I mean, you know, as a pastor, we can get all caught up in just preaching sermons and preparing sermons and, and you know, do, but there comes a time that the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. We don't, we don't do well with that. I mean, we're busy people, especially in our country. But God says, if you, if you, if you be still and know me, You'll know what kind of God I'm in. So this has kind of forced us to be still just a little bit, to, to seek God a little bit on a more intimate level. That's a blessing. That's God turning something ugly into something good. Um, we have experienced some real family time. I mean, I'm not talking about racing to a game here and racing to an event there, and all that's good and that's fine, but I mean real family time, just, you know, uh, talking and, and sharing. That has been a, a blessing. Uh, catching up on some of those looming projects, you know, that have been weighing over my head. That, that stuff causes stress. Oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. I, I did see a Facebook post the other day said, um, uh, our thoughts and prayers are going out to all those guys who have been telling their wives, I'll get to that when I have time. <laughs> you know, so, so we are without excuse now, guys. I mean, so, but catching up on those things, hey, and gas prices are down. You know, I mean, there's, there's, all, there's a lot of blessings around. So we just want to be able uh, to look for those, so let me just kind of uh, bring this in for to uh, bring us in for a landing real quick here. I want to read a verse for you from Lamentations, uh, chapter three, verses twenty-two and twenty-three. 
Uh, and it simply says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's mercies are new every single day. We got this, we're all this canvas. And when God paints the picture, it's beautiful, but sometimes we steal a brush. I know from, I can't tell you how many times I have painted my own picture only to paint something very ugly. I have sinned, I have failed God, and I can paint a pretty ugly picture. And I, w- I can't tell you how many times God has come along with his mercy and wiped it all clean, new canvas, and started all over again. That's what that verse says. The mercy of God is new every single day. We can't screw up enough uh, to get to, to, for God to, to quit loving us and painting and working and creating in our life. Well, keep, keep that in mind. N- never forget that God is doing his work and he's not going to give up on you. Uh, last verse I want to read for you is in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, it just simply says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The, the bad marks, the bad everything we've done. Uh, he said, If you confess that to me, repent. I'll cleanse you of all of that and start over. And I'll begin to paint a picture. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the... the the, the uh, picture of your past looks like. I mean, he's starting over. It's, an, it's a new picture now. And it turned in, fact, I brought another canvas I thought was kind of interesting uh, that we had this sitting at our house. This is this God take this blank canvas and turn it into something pretty. And it just so happens that the words on this canvas says God's promises are new every morning. <laughs> All right, that's the way that God works, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to bow with me and I wanna pray for you. And, uh, and then once we're done with that, I've got a couple real quick announcements uh, that I want to share with you, okay? Let's, let's pray. Father, today, Lord, we thank you that you're the same. Even when all of life is different, you are the same. When people fail us, you don't. When we become sick, Lord, you heal us. When we become discouraged, you lift us up. When we sin against you, you forgive us. God, we just pray that today, uh, as each one of us, whether you know here today or, or whether we're watching this in our home or in our car or uh, in the garage, wherever people are, to hear this word right now, that your spirit would draw them to a place of surrender, to be still for just a moment and take a look at the picture of their life and invite you in, Lord, as their Savior, to wipe that canvas clean and start over. Lord, I look forward to seeing what you're going to create out of all of this, not only in our society, but what you're going to create in people what you're going to create in me. Thank you for the many, many times that you've had to start over on this picture. We love you, God. We praise you, and we trust you through it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys, and I mean that, and know that we're praying for you, thinking about you every day. Miss you guys, and I cannot wait uh, for this house to be full again. Uh, just a couple announcements that I don't want you to forget. First of all, uh, if you remember this or if you haven't heard about it yet, we have established a separate Facebook page. It's called CFC Prayer and Praise. Church is a two-way street. You know, we the church reaching out to you, which is what we're doing right now by video. We're reaching out to you through the word, uh, but it's important for the church or for the people to reach out to the church uh, and to be able to make their prayer requests known and praise reports. Here's what God did for us. Uh, that that uh, conversation that we have with one another 
before and after church when we confide in one another. Uh, we don't want to miss that for two, two more weeks or however long this is going to be. Uh, so this is a, a little makeshift way that we can kind of keep up with one another and pray for each other. This Facebook page is for only, I repeat, only prayer requests and praise reports. Please don't put any videos or pictures uh, or, uh, you know, slides, anything like that on there. This is just your personal prayer requests and praise reports, and then you can get on there and encourage encourage one another. Say, hey, I I see that prayer request, and I'm praying for you, okay? Uh, That'll help us stay connected. Also, um, just as an announcement, um, uh, the, uh, as far as giving, uh, those of you that would, uh, have asked about sending in uh, your tithes and how you can go about doing that so that we can uh, you know, keep the bills paid around here, uh, there's three ways to do that. You can um, mail it. You can mail a check uh, to P.O. Box 206. Um, not a good idea to mail cash. We would rather encourage you to mail a check. Uh, to P.O. Box 206. Those of you who are not in Willow Springs, uh, our zip code is 65793. Okay, so you can do that. Uh, There's two different ways to give online. You can go to our website at www.crosswayfellowshipchurch.org and there is a uh, button right on the front page that says give. You can click on that and then just follow the prompts to put in your bank account information and so on. Uh, uh, Third way, to me is the easiest way, uh, you can text and give. And so the way you'll do that is you'll text the number 84321. Where you would normally put in the phone number, you'll text 84321, and then you'll, in the body of the text, you'll put whatever amount you're wanting to give. Okay, so if you say, okay, I'm I'm going to give $100, uh, text 84321, 100, you're going to text the numbers 100. You'll get a reply that will be a link. You'll click on that link, and then it'll take you to the site. You walk through it, uh, and it's very simple. Uh, There's a couple different ways you can put in your bank account information. uh, Do a bank draft. Uh, The easiest way um, is to just use your debit card or your credit card. That that takes out a couple different uh, uh, parts of the process. So use your debit card, credit card is going to be easier for you, and you can also uh, give that way. And so we appreciate uh, your faithfulness, faithfulness there in keeping us going. And uh, the last announcement, uh, next Sunday we're going to be doing another joint podcast with myself and several local pastors like we did uh, last week, had a lot of good feedback from that, and God, was, God really was able to use that. And so we're going to, that, that's going to be Palm Sunday um, so uh, we will be kind of, you know, teaching along those lines. And so next Sunday, you'll want to tune into that, and we'll have you tune in the same way you did last week, okay? You'll go to YouTube and search WFLC, that's Westside Family Life Center, the initials, Westside Family Life Center. Search WFLC on YouTube, and then that will take you to the link that you can get in on that live stream, okay? Uh, you won't want to miss that. It, it's going to be really good. So all that being said, uh, that's all I had for you. Again, love you guys. uh, And as Bob Ross would say, happy painting and God bless my friends.